You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, folks. Welcome back to Listen Mountain Westwire uh, football podcast. Jeremy here, hanging out with Matt Kennerly. If you're a first-time listener, thank you. Welcome. Hello. And your ears do not deceive you, Matt. This is a second midweek podcast with a preview preview to boot. You know, normally this would be the third or fourth (laughs) midweek preview. Um, Obviously, these are not normal circumstances. So if you are turning in for the first time... You picked a really good time to tune in. Heck yeah. If you if you find out find us some random way, go subscribe over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review. We'd like some of those. Preferably the five star variety if you're up to it. Uh, we'd like some other people to know about this. But today's show, um, Air Force vs. Navy coming up. We got a little bit of news to talk about, and that's what we're doing. So typically, if you, again, if you're new, which I don't know why Matt we're saying if you're new, maybe they are new. We go about an hour plus. This will be this will be a short version because it's just one game. But, That's true. But we do our best to make it worthwhile as well. It's not going to be a 10-minute show. We, we don't do those type of things. No, I mean, because there's a, there's a few little quick hitters to touch upon. So what quick hitter do you want to start with? Any preference? Uh, well, there was some. there's been some development as far as what we talked about during the last podcast regarding fan policies in the Mountain West. Because now that we know the conference is coming back, schedule is impending, but they decided to leave – the uh, attendance policies to the individual communities, to the individual programs. And the one bit of news that came out most recently was about Wyoming. And I believe it's they're capping it at 7,000, if I'm not mistaken. That's an error. It should not be 7,000. Yeah, was it uh, fake coach Matt Mummy who mentioned it should have been 7,220? Why not? That's only 220 more people. Come on. Just... I mean, I wonder if it has to do with like a percentage of capacity because, you know, the War Memorial Stadium seats 29,181. I wonder like what percentage that is off the top of my head. I'm going to check that out real quick. I will, I will guess it's between 26 and 27 percent because that's about what it is. But have some fun with it. Just say 7220, but really admit only 7,000. But then again, that could be false advertising and get in trouble. So <laughs> it's the different it's the difference of maybe one and a half percent because you're talking about a, a shade under like a third of its normal capacity. Okay, I was off by a bit, but that's uh, that's if they if they've handled it well, 
power to them. You know what I mean? Because uh, we've seen like uh, what today Notre Dame had like what sixteen cases, twenty something contract tracing. We saw last week at BYU had to empty the stadium after going to have six thousand in their sixty thousand seat stadium. So if you can do it and it's done safely. Go for it. So that's that's some good news. So if you want to catch out some catch some warm football game, or if you're savvy, because I was looking at the classifieds recently when BYU was going to play their game, tickets were mm-hmm. expensive. They're about fifty bucks, which is not bad because you can probably sit as close as you want. Essentially, like you have an area. There are people on there like willing to pay, and they were playing Troy, mind you. So a decent team, but not not great by any stretch of what they had. People were asking before they got taken off, like I'm willing to pay. $400 per ticket. So, if you want to make a few bucks during this time, just say it. There you go. So, I, so I, like that, I like that move, honestly. That is a good move, because why not? It's like, watch on TV. Especially, think about this, Matt. Do you want that December 12th game at home? 8 p.m. kicks is on ESPNU, because Wyoming's like 5-2, and two, going up against a, maybe a border war or something, you know what I mean? Like, it's a CSU Wyoming mm-hmm. finale. Do you want to be in that weather condition? Probably not. At least me, right? That's for the truly dedicated. I will say that. Because like as, as a Californian, I can't fathom it. I know. Me from Texas. I live here in Utah now, but I'm still <laughs> not a fan. Like when the snow comes, I'm like, oh boy. You're sort of used to it, but I don't want to be outside for hours upon hours, especially if it's wind and like really cold. So do, do, do your thing. But a couple of, another point about Wyoming football real quick. We have a lot of opt-outs, which we'll get to with Air Force in our preview in a minute because that's a big deal. So apparently they're going to have – we don't know who – because Craig Bell spoke today at some point, but I'll have the info up yet of what he actually really said. But two defensive starters are going to be out, which is a big deal after losing a couple to the NFL draft. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll know who those are soon enough. But it's, I guess, next guy up for Wyoming. That's kind of the thing it is. And the quarterback situation as well. He's like, basically every position's open. And that'll be one thing I'll look forward to as well. Maybe we kind of do a mini preview of a couple stuff here and there as we do these shows the next couple weeks. But... Sean Chambers, Chambers, Levi Williams, quarterback, and they're not both healthy. They actually have a full camp because before it was uh, Chambers with the, I believe, a knee injury. Is that correct, Matt? Where he missed a little bit, probably wasn't going to be healthy during spring. Now if they have a full month to practice and compete, it's going to be something to watch for. Maybe they'll make up for losing those defenders. Yeah. But I guess we'll know who – I don't know how the updates work. Well, I guess we'll know when the depth chart comes out. So A little bit of other news if I can speak here tonight, Matt. Utah State. Coach Gary Anderson had on uh, my radio show I helped produce up in Salt Lake chatting about returning. He was not a fan of eight games. He wanted seven games. Interesting. He His main reason, like, he seemed to be all in for safety. Like, he's concerned about the NFL. Like, all, look how many injuries the NFL has been so many so far. A variety mm-hmm. of ACLs, MCLs, sprains, tweaks, stuff like that. Fractured ankles uh, or dirty hits if you're Chris Carson. Ugh, get, get better, bud. That's a, not a good one yeah, for the right? Cowboys. So he's, like, concerned about safety, which I get. Um, he didn't want the extra plus one game. He's like, eight max is fine. He's like, we'll do it. That's what we have. But he would have preferred one fewer game, which, if we're being honest, I, that would provide a little bit of flexibility map, but not really if it's one game. Maybe a midway break. You play three and one and four and the other. I guess that's what he's thinking. But he kind of he just wanted one fewer games, which I see. But uh, I guess you got also got to – lean into that money as well to get that TV cash. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see where he's coming from, especially since he and a lot of other teams in the conference are kind of in the same boat where they're kind of going zero to 60 in four seconds, if you will. 
trying to get up to speed and get underway in less than a month. And so I think, you know, that kind of conservatism is is fitting for a situation like this. Like I, I, I can understand the, the money aspect, you know, that they, they want to be able to get as many gains as they can just because of all the uncertainty about, you know, we already know there's not going to be any makeups. So they want to try and maximize the, uh, the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But I could also see where he's coming from, where, you know, his priorities as a, as a head coach are probably somewhat different than that of the conference or of like the athletic program as a whole. Yeah. He also mentioned um, with that as well, like about, um, getting guys in shape because he was mm-hmm. like, it's a different fall camp just because you're obviously, you have the same amount of time, but like we'll see across the conference, like Fresno state, we've mentioned a million times. So if we repeat it, sorry, but like different schools are practicing at different uh, effort levels mm-hmm. more practicing at all. Like Fresno, they're working out on their own somewhere with like a little bit in New Mexico or like Hawaii, San Diego state, San Jose state where there's, they're kind of on campus, kind of not, but what the biggest note was typically during camp, it's like you're ready for the season. He's adding like extra weight days because it goes back to the injury thing. Like if you're stronger, more muscle, I'm assuming his thought and theory between him and his trainers that you're less likely to get, say, a hamstring or some sort of injury if you're a bit more, have a bit more mass on. So they're like working out one extra day more than normal. But mm-hmm. his main thing is like the soft tissue injuries getting the right workout type of shape because we've talked about it before like the other day or last show combine shape you're the track shape football shape actually hitting somebody's difference and we'll see messy football i don't care how much you prepare and do this stuff especially like schools that aren't practicing even the 12-hour limit it'll be tough to uh have some clean football but that's something where i guess he his, his big thing is i guess health-wise doing best he can to keep him healthy and he also mentioned quarterback he doesn't know if it's jason shelley which come on man this could be jason shelley right I imagine it probably will be. That makes sense because he was at Utah with Gary Anderson as a, some sort of a defensive assistant a couple of years ago. So they had that relationship. But that's news at Utah State. Can we mention two things about the NFL? Yeah, let's do that. One, Josh Allen's really good. <laughs> he's, he's, very, he's off to a very good start this year. And our buddy Raj is not happy when he retweet. He goes, 2020, I kindly reply, most of those big stats for the, I think it was a Peter Schrager noted that, what, 33 touchdowns? and three picks in, like, 14 games. I, I politely noted to Raj that most of that was in 2019. Mm-hmm. So he was sort of okay with it because everything's like, oh, it's 2020. But, like, he's, he had five touchdowns. He's amazing. Like, he's throwing a bit better. He has receivers to throw to, which I guess was the big was the big concern. Like, get him in NFL talent, see what he can do. And so it's fun to watch. Like, I also have him on one of my fantasy teams. Like, that doesn't hurt either when it's a big money league. I'm trying to earn cash in. I got him leading my team. But, yeah. like, he's fun to watch, too. He had well, – I don't remember what he had. No, he had five total TDs, but, like, multiple rushing touchdowns. He passes. It's like, Buffalo's going to be the Patriots this year. Come on. They're going to win the AFC. So, I don't know. Shout out to Wyoming fans. If you want to watch Josh Allen, you probably already are. But everybody else, get on board, right? Come on. Exactly. And the fun news. Brett Rippin getting a start for Denver. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've seen enough of Jeff Driscoll to know that he's just not an answer for anybody at this point, right? We took to Twitter and noted, and somebody was not happy with us about the note of that, and it was a certain Air Force or radio announcer. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've, I, I, may, I could have probably phrased it a little more delicately, to be honest. True, but uh, he got hurt, unfortunately. But he, like, it's like Vic Fangio's like note today about, um, or 
Yeah, that's head coach right for Denver. Is it Fangio? Yeah. Okay. He was like, I. he's kind of like shrugged his shoulders. Yeah, I guess Brett Rippin started. And he was on the practice squad like two weeks ago. But well, he's you know he's been in the system a couple of years and John Elway likes him. We missed a pre-show. That's that may not be a good thing. <laughs> yeah, still kind of an open question as to how much of a good. I mean, I saw I saw I forget who put it out there that the Broncos have had like nine different starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired five years ago. Oh uh, yeah, I did a quick article. Yeah, since what 2015. Mm-hmm. They, they did bring on Blake Bortles, but he's not ready to go yet. Driscoll may see time, but Drew Locke's only out for a couple more weeks. But it's it's good for him because. He was undrafted. I kind of jokingly, an article is like, undrafted, practice squad, or roster, cut, two days later, practice squad. Roster, cut, day later, practice squad. So he's with the team in the past year. It's got to be kind of frustrating for him. But if an undrafted quarterback gets a start, and again, you know it on Twitter, Watson throw for what, 280 and four TDs against a horrible Jets defense. On thir- That's your Thursday night football matchup, man, if you're watching NFL. Josh Dar- or Sam Darnold, who doesn't look very good with a bad Jets team, Adam Gase, who somehow has a job, going up against Brett Rippon, who is unsigned versus a first-round quarterback. It's it's definitely going to be a Thursday night football game. Also, you'll see former Utah wide receiver Tim Patrick do something despite because all the Broncos players are injured as well, a receiver. So there you go. It's just fun to watch. Like it, we like to see these guys do well in the pros, like Michael Gallup's doing good. Um, Shaq Barrett had a safety over the weekend. You had Jacob Hollister with the Seahawks get a touchdown, who's on an awesome team now. He moved from, I believe, the Patriots. Was he in the Patriots before, I believe, I want to say? He yeah. was. He's with, been with the Seahawks the last couple of years. Yeah, Seahawks now. So there's a lot of good players in Mountain West to watch out for. And also, man, if I, can Alexander Madison get some carries from Dalvin Cook, that would be amazing too. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Dalvin Cook is playing out of his mind right now. I know, I'm just saying. I know he's good. I, all right, so let's move on. This is not the NFL show. This is a Mountain West Wire College football. So we want to – Here's the thing, folks. We wanted to make the show a little bit longer for you, but we had to mention Burt Rippin because it'll be funny if he goes – not. Yeah. it's funny the right word if he just smacks the Jets around on his own. Would that be funny? That would be – that would be – I don't know. It would be immensely satisfying. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's a better word. A little – that's weird. Oh, that's great. A little shuckle here and there because it's the Jets, and then there you go. So we'll see how that goes. But all right, let's get to our, our main topic, Air Force versus Navy. Commander-in-Chief's trophy, baby. Part one. Round one of the game. Uh, Air Force is in trouble, Matt. I'm going to say off the bat. Oh, we should note. Oh, sorry. Saturday, October 3rd, 4.30 local time. That's 4.30 Mountain. CBS Sports Network is the channel. So if you don't have it, we'll hook you up with a free FUBO link to watch it for the weekend. Because that's what I do. Because I currently don't have CBS Sports Network, Matt. I'm my hmm. provider. So I have to go through. Uh, get the I cycle through those free trials. Just saying. You yeah. got to do what you got to do. But, exactly. So with this game, first off, I want to mention this. Kenny Matolu is a big baby. <laughs> it's like, these guys get to practice for one game, and that's it. And we've been going here playing and whispers to looks and notes. Uh, have we been tackling that coaches? Have we? No. Yeah. We've been starting to tackle since that BYU loss. <laughs> like, I don't know how this game's going to turn out, but I am not super confident in Air Force, unfortunately. All right, Matt, let's take a quick time out to tell our listeners about MyBookie where we can hook them up over MyBookie. We can double your very first deposit. Winning season means MyBookie, insane props, cool, epic bonuses, awesome, and some crazy cross-sport wagers. So why not mix and match the sports to get a few bucks there? Over at MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Today, week one of the NFL is here. Thank you. NFL is back. So you have all season long to get an NFL action. 
Um, got NBA Finals coming up. You have Major League Baseball wrapping up, heading into the postseason for themselves. Oh, yeah, you want to get that double the deposit? Here you go. To get in on that action, use promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. News players can get up to $1,000 in free play. That's designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Heck, Mount West Podcast here. Go uh, find your favorite former Mount West player and bet on that team for a few bucks. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Again, that promo code OVERTIME and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at my bookie. Hold up. And you know how it is on TV. Wait, there's more? And overtime is going all in for our listeners. We're giving away a $500 cash prize to one lucky person who takes advantage of this offer. When you make your deposit, take a screen grab of your MyBookie account and email it to overtime at advertisecast.com. One more time. That's overtime at advertisecast.com. $500 will be given away at the end of September. Dude, this is awesome. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So what is, what is the line at right now? Because I'm looking at different places. I'm seeing it. I've seen a couple. The weirdest line I saw when it first opened, I guess I use Vegas Insider a little bit. For some reason, it's an Air Force minus one, but I'm like, don't worry, that's right. But I've seen about five and a half. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, that's a, that sounds about right. Because I don't Well, I don't know. Because here's the thing. That's what it's been about, between five and seven. So if you get it, I guess, uh, depends what you're acumen is for what you're going for if you're going to put some money on where it's legal to do so that depends like if it's lower i probably would take navy but if it's higher i see air force keeping it close but here's the thing um with this well, i was gonna say here i had something i had something lined up matt ready to go to drop out there but now here's what it is air force has 30 plus players not playing they have no defensive starters back from last year quarterback has literally zero experience starting experience so, so maybe we should break this down a little bit because we've, we've alluded to it at least a couple times in past podcasts about, so I wish I could find like a, you know, a concrete number of, of, of stuff, right? Because Navy was a top 30 team in that regard last year. Um, Football Outsiders hasn't updated any of the advanced metrics for the 2020 season just yet, but I think it's worth noting that through two games, they've given up 15 tackles for loss. So... I, you know, I think it's incumbent upon Air Force, those new faces to, as a unit, be disruptive because I think, you know, one of the other things that they might be able to handle is the fact that, you know, through two games, Navy has been very uneven about throwing the football as well. You know, that was, that was a, a very big reason why they were able to come back against Tulane. But, you know, by those by that same vein, you know, they were basically taken out of the game because they were totally inefficient when it came to dropping back to pass against BYU. So that's something to keep in mind. You know, if they can force Morris into situations where he's got to move the ball with his arm rather than his legs, you know, they were seven of 12 against Tulane and averaging 12 yards an attempt. If, if that happens against this Falcons secondary, which I think there's reason to be concerned, you know, even without bug, you know, there's still experience back there with guys like, you know, Damani Hansford and, and Corbin Taylor, but there's still, 
or excuse me, not Hansford, uh, Tabler and David Urey, excuse me. You know, there's names back there who have experience, but they're going to have to keep the clamps on in order to help this offense along. Yeah, and also, I guess, if they're not throwing the ball, which they're not really, they don't have an experienced quarterback throwing the ball, obviously, with the, what they're doing. They want to run, but if Navy's going to want to get a victory, clearly the running game needs to get going, but they got to mm-hmm. pass a little bit. It's like, we know how these academies are, like when it, or I guess trip ops, like Georgia Southern, Air Force, or Navy, obviously, Army, when they play. It's like, you can't not, well, you can get away with it, but you got to throw at least a little bit. And mm-hmm. if if here's the thing, if Navy's running game gets stuffed, I don't know how play action is really going to help them all that much if they can't run the ball. Because if they're stuffed in the fullback dive, it'll turn into a quarterback sack if they do a play action down there or something. So mm-hmm. if Navy's going to win, which I still leaning that way, just because maybe not here. I'm going through these numbers a bit more closer. I'm kind of leaning toward eh, a little closer. But let's just say Navy's running game gets going a little bit. That's the issue. But also could mean like their passing game might have some, some sort of uptick. Not a lot, mm. but if they can do a little bit, like, we know all it can take, you can go 2 of 5 for 75 yards, and that's ball game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if they'll do it, but, like, right now, the way they're throwing, double-check, um, of course, I click on rushing sets, Matt. That's exactly what I wanted to do. Because we're talking Navy. <laughs> it's like, now I'm, like, doing my command definitely. 95. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, Army has fewer pass attempts than them. At the bottom, so they're saying obviously they've only thrown the ball. There's no shooting for okay, sorry, per game garbage stuff, whatever. 20 pass attempts in two games. Mm-hmm. I guess the only reason they're doing that because they're down big to be while you're down big to Tulane, but like overall, they're only getting like 88 yards per game, and so that could be enough. But deficient wise, when you go and look at like how many throws they're doing and like when and where, like if they're to go, if you tell me they're to go seven to 12. And a TD in 146, like the Denver's Tulane, they do that versus Air Force, I would say they're going to probably win just because they don't do that. And BYU, they're only 30 yards and 4 of 8. But I think what Air Force needs to do defensively, like if they're going to win, it's simple. Like we know how they're going to win the game if they're going to do it, Matt. It's like don't get, don't give up the big plays because that's what the triple option, run option does. You, you want to, Navy does the full back back board than anybody else, play side of the football. But if they can, basically mimic what Navy's doing on the ground. Like, okay, they get five yards at first down, but then when it's second and third and medium or short and they're getting stuffed, mm-hmm. that's what they're going to have to do. But I think for Air Force, they got to, while they could probably be okay giving up maybe five yards occasionally at first down, the inexperience of this defense and lack of just playing time or even playing football, they got to be strong on first down to be able to get this win because if they can make it second and eight more often than not, second and 12, second and six plus, I think that's what they need to do to get some confidence to get this victory. Yeah, and that was really what they did best last year too. They won on first down, especially when it came to defending against the run. You know, they averaged, they allowed an average of two point nine yards per carry. If they can come close to that, they should be in great shape. Especially since, if you're trying to lay out the optimist's case for the Falcons in this game, you know, for as as hard as the losses were with the turnbacks on defense. With a couple of exceptions, the offense is mostly intact. Heck yeah. Like, that's my positive. If they're going to win, it's because they bring back most of the offensive line. Yeah, they do need to, like, replace George Sanders' receiver, but that's like a. It's more along the lines, like, if you have a nice car, it's like, oh, it's nice to have that great third car to drive whatever or that extra vehicle to go, but it's not necessary to live your life. You're good mm-hmm. with your one. 
your family having one or two cars, but that extra little vehicle is awesome. Like that boat somebody has, it's cool to have. It's the accessory to what you're building off your life of. Air Force doesn't need a receiver to be great. You could they could still be really really good. Just running the ball up the middle, and they have Caden Remsburg, Tim Jackson, experienced offensive line coming back. Quarterbacks are an issue where they're not experienced. But then again, with these guys on the scout team playing on the freshman team as well, the, the offense isn't different. It's just it's just a big step from going from like dress rehearsal to the real deal. Yeah, and you know we talked about how rough Navy's run game has been on offense. Have you seen the numbers of defending the run on defense? Um, yeah, I watched the BYU game who has a bunch of no, seriously nobody's back there. They ran at will against them. You know, obviously we know BYU ran all over the mid the middies, and I imagine that Tulane probably had a similar kind of success doing that because you know through two games, you know it doesn't matter if you look by half, by quarter, by down, or whatever. Navy's run defense has been ugly. You know, they, they're they they're allowing <laughs> nine yards per carry in the first quarter. Uh, they're allowing seven yards on 45 first down carries so far. And so I think, you know, with, a, with one of the nation's best offensive lines relatively intact mm-hmm. and with one of the Mountain West's most underappreciated offensive weapons in the backfield, you know, Remsburg and Jackson should come out and have no trouble finding holes, finding opportunities to break off big gains against this front seven, because at least through two games, I haven't really seen much to, to suggest that they should be scared by this, you know, front five, front six or whatever. I can't agree with you. I'm, I'm turning my tide toward picking air force to win the game because this is going to be a game like not to take too many steps back, but air force defense is going to struggle. Navy's going to have like kind of a get back game and play pretty well. But I don't know how well they're going to be able to overachieve and do like 600 yards on the ground or something ridiculous. They'll be fine, but you're right. The way Navy has their rush defense, like this will be the best offensive line and best best running game they've seen all year. All what really matters is can Air Force the it's the pitch, man. That's all it is. It's like the the fake and the pitch. Like can you get a good honest pitch and a good pitch from whoever's at quarterback? And it's going to be either um, let me pull them up here. We haven't even mentioned who they have here. It's an or situation clearly. But it's going to be either Hazik Daniels, who's a sophomore, mm-hmm. only scout team last year, whatever JV football they did, and then Warren Bryan, who's a junior, who had who achieved zero stats but played in the Hawaiian San Jose State game. And so yeah. that's not ideal, but again, it's all repetition, repetition. Maybe, Matt, they've been doing the 12-hour practice weeks or up to 20 as of, I think, last week, I want to say. Or maybe even, mm-hmm. I'm not sure when, because whatever their technical, quote, fall camp would have been, they're able to practice more. Maybe they just do repetition, 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 and that's all that matters. The only difference is that helmets are different. It's not your roommate on the other side of the ball trying to tackle you. Yeah. I mean, I think what it really comes down to is if they can solve Diego Fago, the middle linebacker from Navy, you know, when you look at how disruptive the middies have been able to be this year, it's basically Fago and everybody else because they have 10 tackles for loss as a team. He has four of them. He plays in the middle for this midshipman defense. And so I would kind of expect that if Troy Calhoun is going to attack anything, he's going to rely on the on the interior linemen, Nolan Loffenberg, Nick Noyan, and Kyle Kreps to just like pound up the middle. So I'd like I wouldn't be surprised if Timothy Jackson ends up ends up having kind of an outsized role in this game 
just, you know, trying to attack the interior, trying to just go right up the gut with the fullback dive and daring Navy to stop them. It's very have to because Navy hasn't stopped anybody. Exactly. And like we and said, I think like, like if, if you're going to, if you're going to yeah. scheme to take one guy out of the game, it, he seems like the pretty clear cut, uh, you know, choice for that. Yeah. It's like, like, look again, look at his name went up against like Kata Remsburg. Like we know the mountain list is stacked at running backs. He's one of the best. Like look at, uh, Xavier Valaday, Charles Williams, Ronnie rivers. Um, who knows what Utah state would, with, with Jalen Warren and Devonta Henry Cole. Like, there's probably somebody else I'm missing out there. There's so many good backs in the conference. You know what I mean? Like, he's up there, and he may not even be the first-team guy. And if they're going to go fullback with Jackson, it's like, I think they're going to – I think the way the game plans want to go, like, I don't expect Troy Calhoun, like, I don't say he's going to – like, here's the weird thing about When you look at the triple option offense, it's kind of like the air raid. And if you watch Mike Leach over the weekend with uh, Mississippi State crushing or doing well – you know, they crushed LSU. They – have like 700,000 yards passing in that game. Mm-hmm. There's only, like, when you look about the air raid, there's only, like, a couple of plays you run. Like, it's very similar. It's just you can change what you individually do, but the plays are almost identical. There's, like, a couple of plays. Like, that's almost mm-hmm. the same thing with this option. You got fullback dive right, dive left, um, QB sneak, but or a, a pitch option right, pitch option left. You could do a pitch right, shovel left, or pitch left, shovel right, the way you're going. Like those are all the same plays. It just depends which way you're going and who you're faking the ball off to. Like you may have the tight end end around a little fake up the middle. Like there's like really only a couple plays they really do, but it can morph into like two dozen plays because it's just one little tweak here or there. It's also like remember the Titans. He's like it's like mm-hmm. Novocaine. You got three plays, you do it, and you basically kick their butt by doing the same three plays. They fall asleep. It's not that mundane, but if you really watch what they do. It's not that intricate. It's just that they may do one little thing different here or there, but the, the, the end result of the play could be an, a, a toss to the right. But you, and That's why it's a trip option. Toss to the right, a shovel to the left, a run for the quarterback. It could be a, a drop-back pass as well, an option, a run option pass. Like The play could look the same, but you have like five different options essentially. And so, But they're yeah. going to keep it simple, I think, which it kind of is, but... That's what I'm getting at. It's like it's not a complicated offense. It gets complicated if you're really good because you make it complicated because you know you're thinking these are my guys of where what's going to be available for you. That's where it can not that it gets complicated where it can seem complicated. So you know it's worth keeping in mind that you know with both of the new quarterbacks under center that neither one is physically like as imposing as Hammond was when he was under center because you know Donald Hammond's like six two two twenty. Both of these guys are right around six foot and 200. So I think, you know, Calhoun and Mike Thiessen are going to want to be mindful of how much wear and tear they take. But, you know, when Hammond was at his best last year, it's worth keeping in mind that he was essentially like the fourth option when it came to running the football because Remsburg and, you know, Taven Verto averaged right around 14 attempts per game. You know, Jackson was right around 12 and, and Hammond himself was right at like nine. And that's essentially where he was when he was on the field in 2018 as well. So I think that, you know, we obviously we kind of know the star guys back there, Jackson and Remsburg, but it also wouldn't surprise me if like Joshua Stoner or Matthew Merla, the other guys on the two deep, end up kind of splitting the workload that Birdo took on for himself last year. And I think as long as they can kind of win on those early downs on offense as well as defense, like we talked about earlier, you know, even with the experience at quarterback, even with the relative experience at wide receiver and tight end, 
you know, they may not necessarily have to rely on the passing game in order to, to, you know, keep, keep Navy in its sights if they fall behind or to be able to put them away early if they can get out in, with a strong offensive effort in the first half. All right, so we're going to pass the wide receivers because they don't have any, essentially, besides what you kind of mentioned. <laughs> it's, it's new guys. New like, guys. We, we kind of know the drill at this point. We, they, want to, they want to hit the big throws. They want to at least get 50-50. What more can you say on week one? Exactly. We'll see. There'll be some no-name guys. Like, we told week six, we'll see that guy. So score prediction time. Five-and-a-half point favorite for Navy as of recording here on Wednesday, uh, what, September 29th? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You changed my mind, mind Matford. I kind of forgot how good the offensive line is and the running back. When you look at who's going to win this game, who has the best position group, and that's Air Force at the running back and offensive line. Navy hasn't showed much on defense to stop the run, or they're uncharacteristically not good at the running game. So I'm going to go Air Force to win, but it's going to be – I'm not going to be shocked. Like, this sounds like a cop. I'm not going to be shocked if Navy wins because they've been playing football and Air Force hasn't. I'm assuming Air Force first has been tackling, unlike Navy, this first couple weeks. But I think it'll be like a lowish scoring game. Like I'm going to go Air Force 31, Navy 28. Yeah, and I mean, let's not forget, and, and Falcons fans are going to nod their head listening to this. They were lucky to win that game last year, the Middies were. Ooh, be careful. They were. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, generally speaking, this has been a very competitive game between both sides. Um, but you know, Navy hasn't really shown me enough to be convinced that they'll be able to win against a team that yes, it's going to have its flaws regardless of how much of a season they end up playing, but their strengths should carry the day. So I do expect it to be competitive. Uh, if I were a betting man, I would definitely take airport air force plus seven. If you can get, what about five and a half? Would you take five and a half as well? I would take five and a half. Okay. I'm going to say Air Force 34, Navy 30. Okay. These are always close. They're always pretty good. And so watch college football. It's a Mountain West opener. CBS Sports Network, 430 Mountain, 330 Pacific, 630 Eastern. Who cares about the SEC this week? Watch Mountain West football and watch Air Force run rub shot over Navy. Right? There you it's, go. It's Sink, Sink Na- Navy. Sink, Sink Navy, Navy, right? That's what it's called. Sink Navy week. So that's our show for today. Um, if you hear a little quirks in here, we had about six dropouts on the call, so I'm doing my best to edit this. So crossing my fingers, it sounds great because it was frustrating for both of us to get through this in one night. So for that, please give us five stars if I make it sound good to listen to between all the uh, dropouts. You don't even notice. See, man, I could have said nothing and people wouldn't have known, but we're honest here. <laughs> so I'm hoping... put a disclaimer at the front too, just in case. Exactly. My editing skills are at the test for this one where my internet crapped out multiple times so i'll take the blame you, you know we're, we're in training camp too Let's i guess so way. yeah we're fall camp now it's our week one as well so mwire.com check it out we have previews oh one little quick thing tuskegee airman uniforms amazing this might be yes. the best they've done right is, could this those be, are great so i put an article up it's on our twitter somewhere mwc wire just search Tus- tuskegee airman uniforms they're amazing they have a story also they're undefeated in those uniforms too keep that in mind too and 100% afterwards, go to content athletes to assist them in some way some way or fashion. So you can win a helmet as well if you'd like to help out, help out the cadets. So Very nice. That's what we got this week. We'll be back Sunday to recap this game, and we'll definitely have some more random news coming out with the Mountain West as fall camp keeps going. So some position battles, some attendance numbers. Hopefully, cross fingers, no COVID positive stuff happens. So we'll be back next time, folks, and uh, thanks for listening.